What's your favorite scary movie? Killjoy Jake podcast, where instead of having friends, we have horror movies. I am joined by Sean from Slasher Theory today. How you doing, man? Doing all right. How you doing, man? I am fantastic. I'm very excited to talk about Devil's Due with you. One of like the first, sure. one of the first big radio silence like standalone movies that they made. Um, what did you What did you think about Devil's Due as a, as a whole, without like getting into spoilers or anything yet? Uh, so when I first watched it, I mean, I've never been like a big uh, found footage guy. Like I was never a big fan of the Paranormal Activity movies. It was always something that like, I've watched them now. And like now that I'm like really, really into horror movies, like I've come to like appreciate filming styles, appreciate the visions that certain producers have. Devil's Do is I think the movie that got me going, okay, found footage can be good. Like a lot of people didn't receive the movie well, but you got to look at uniqueness when you come to the, when, when you come to this movies and that movie was not like uh, how all found footage movies are like that one had like a lot of really unique plot points to it and had a good mystery aspects. So you could say that there's some plot holes within the movie, but I, I like to look past plot holes as much as I can just because I mean, like as, as, a, as a movie buff, I'm sure you could, you could look and be like, Oh, there's a plot hole. There's a plot hole. But as a whole, I would say, Right off the bat, when I was done it, I started calling all my buddies and going like, you got to see this movie. Don't look at the reviews. Just watch it. Tell me what you think. And they, they all liked it, too. So as a whole, if I give it like a one out of ten, I'd say that it's a good solid seven or eight for a found footage movie. Like it's, it's really good. I like it. And when this movie was first put out, like it was received very poorly. It still currently holds a 14% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is like, really? Like, I, I, to me... <laughs> I feel like it's so much better than that. I, I, like, yes, there are a lot of similarities to like Rosemary's ba- Baby and um, like Paranormal Activity, but I think that this film in in that finds its own originality. Even Eli Roth said had like praised this movie like years after it came out and said something like, "This is super underrated. Uh, I can't believe so many people like misinterpreted this movie." Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest things, one of the biggest criticisms of it that I was reading about is like who put all this footage together? Because there's like that one scene where you have all these people like in the masks and they're like putting the secret, the hidden cameras in their house. So yeah, like that's a, that's kind of a plot hole, I guess, in in itself, just to say like, where did, uh, who put all the footage together at at the end of the movie? But like the Radio Silence guys have even said, it doesn't really matter. Like they just wanted to make a cool found footage movie that's pretty Mm -hmm. scary. And I think they succeeded in doing that personally. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, I always kind of like when I watched it, I've always kind of assumed that the scene when they're at uh, whatever, I think they're on their honeymoon or whatever, and then like camera glitches out and you kind of hear that little chant going down and it's kind of like, you can't really exactly tell where they're in the room, but it's like a ritualistic looking setting. I've always just assumed that these people putting the cameras in are some sort of like, I mean, I'm into some sort of conspiracies, I guess. And I kind of like, it looked like, I just assumed it was almost like a group of, 
elites whoever are doing these ritualistic things kind of like watching them and then going in and like setting up the cameras and keeping a close eye on them that's always kind of what i assumed it was so it wasn't more for me at least when i watched it i didn't look at that as a plot hole and gone like okay who are these guys i i mean who you don't know exactly who they are but i kind of had an idea of like oh these are some people kind of watching them and kind of like low-key kind of setting all of this up so every the events play down in a certain way that's what it kind of seemed like to me so i thought that was really unique about that yeah, I, I really dig that too. I think there's a lot of mystery. Like the, not every question gets answered with this movie. Mm-hmm. Like you're still kind of like wondering like, who are these people? Are they like Satanists? Are they like the, just a crazy cult or something? You never really get that answered. And, and like, that's fine. Exactly. I, I think I think living in that mystery makes it like a little scarier too. Uh, okay. The unknown is the like the scariest thing ever typically. So I think that's why I appreciate a lot of Radio Silence's movies. But mm-hmm. just getting into this, uh, if we just want to break this down plot point by plot point, pretty much. Uh, we, we start off our movie with Zach, Nicole kind of breaking tradition with like your typical wedding stuff. He goes to see Sam the night before, which you're, te- you know, you're not supposed to do that. So starting yeah. off the bat, you're kind of uh, putting some bad luck on yourself there, Zach. Um, but yeah, they are soon to be Sam and Zach, Nicole. They're getting, they're about to get married. A lot of foreshadowing in this like beginning scene. I think Sam even says something like, "Come on, like we're not gonna die." Mm-hmm. Or there's like um, when he records a video after, and you already know from the start. There's like a little, uh, I guess one of the, they do one of those things where they show like something that happens around the end at the start to make you question, and then they foreshadow it when he records the video. He's like, "Hey, like." You watch this video years later, you know, like, don't remember, I used to, I didn't, well, it wasn't always this ugly, you know what I mean? Or I used to be, or what is it, I used to be handsome or something, and then you're kind of like, yeah, but something happens where you're not going to be watching that video or something like that. So I like that was a foreshadowing uh, thing. There was um, something I heard about this uh, movie that somebody said, because I asked my buddy, I told my buddy I was doing a podcast on this, and he said, uh, when I told him about it, he said that this is the dumbest film he had ever seen. And I said, just give it a watch again and just really look at some of the plot details and tell me that it's a, like a really bad movie. Because it, it's really not. I just think like, I, I feel like a lot of people may look at Devil's Do and then they may get scared for Scream without actually watching Devil's Do just because they looked at the review. And it's like, you don't, it's, it's, I don't know. There's a lot of... Uh, my buddies aren't movie buffs, so it's really hard to like get them into certain movies. They don't, yeah. they don't like take my word for things. Well, I think even in this first scene and then going through the entire movie, I think one of the strongest parts of this film that is overlooked is the relationship between Zach and Sam, like and how it starts off so strong and like they're clearly in love with each other, but then it like it slowly breaks down into like just absolute chaos. I feel like that's one of the mm-hmm. strongest parts of this movie is their characters are both written very well for each other. And like with what ultimately happens to both of them, it like it's a tragedy, but I feel like it's written very well. And and that's like I, that's one of the strongest parts, in my opinion. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, we I mean, like, yeah, just right off the beginning here, we, we see that a lot. We can see like they're clearly like super in love with each other. They want to get married and all that. Um, Sam says in the scene, though, that she doesn't know her family all that well. Like she's never really known too much about her family and then when we when they finally you know they go they get their wedding they go they get um they get married they like mm-hmm. have a uh like the reception and all that but like when we finally get to them in santa domingo and they go to that fortune teller she even says something about how like your family is is screwed your family's cursed and all that and she's giving her all the weird looks and shit that 
is okay that's kind of dumb in my opinion i'm not gonna lie i i don't think considering the very end of this movie i think i always thought it would have been cooler if it was like she was just randomly selected to birth the antichrist you know what i mean but like it's they try to set up this thing where it's like oh no her family line is cursed and all that even though like we see at the end of this movie there's a girl who is also randomly selected to have like another antichrist baby so i never understood that I don't know. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, I, I see your point there, I guess. Yeah, I, I never really, uh, see, I guess, I guess that's a little bit of a plot hole I kind of overlooked, because I never really, look, I never really knew exactly what that woman was insinuating there, because she's saying stuff like, like, they're coming, they're coming, they're watching, and I was kind of like, oh, what's going on there? I mean, the ending, I did like the way they did the ending, though, like, the way that scene was put, put together at the end, that was really good. Um, I, I didn't, I w- one thing I was a big fan of was the scenes in the honeymoon when, like, for instance, when they can't find their way home and they're lo- they're going through these deserted streets. It gives a sense of being this sense of fear of being like lost in a foreign country and not knowing where you are, being in like not the best side of town kind of thing, and you're like a little under the influence. I felt that genuine like fear of like, oh shit, like where's their hotel? How are they gonna get back? It's like really creepy outside in in this uh in this back alley setting and then they find themselves in this uh fortune teller shop and they're like talking to this girl and she's kind of like I, I liked it but like you are right there yeah, that there was a kind of a creep um kind of i guess like it didn't add up to much i guess is what i'm saying yeah yeah it, it um it does make for like very scary scenes though like you were saying i mean like just that whole idea yeah. of being in a foreign country not knowing how to get back to your hotel your hotel mm-hmm. room and all that it's it's inherently very scary there's a lot of movies that i feel like touch on this whole idea better but this one is very effective in the way in, in the way it oh, yeah. um but yeah i mean i and then just kind of going into this uh like the party scene here uh, like mm-hmm. they get they get into this cab and they get taken to this like crazy party they're walking through this room in the dark and all that to get to like this crazy like yeah. underground bar dude like no way like if i'm in that yeah. situation i am not walking through a dark <laughs> room in santa domingo no way like i'm leaving i'm like i'll, I'll walk right. i'll walk home you know what i mean yeah, i don't know why they did why they, like i would yeah i was already like okay hey, just do it like he's like let's go i'll take you have some fun it's like yeah where are you taking me because it's like you're going down these dark tunnels and i mean yeah you hear thumping music but at the same time it's like i don't know who you are i'm in a foreign country and you want to take me down a dark deserted hallway and i'm just gonna follow you like yeah i don't think i would do that either i don't know that was a little bit so that was a little weird oh yeah Oh yeah, the cab driver is also just a little too friendly too. There's so many like really yeah. weird and scary things about this. Like just getting it started off there, it's great. And this bar, I, I will admit though, the bar that they go to looks sweet. Like I would love to have a drink there. I just would not like to be captured oh. and then have the Antichrist put inside of me. So. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's like yeah. a hidden bar. Eh? It's like a little bit of like a. It's like. A little hidden, like, for the locals, they probably look at it like, oh, that's, like, the little hidden club. You go down there and then go through the tunnels, and there you go. You got that little hidden club. So it's probably cool for the locals, and for, obviously, for tourists, they probably go there. But, obviously, that's also the place that they they set their victims up in there, I guess. (laughs) Right, right. So, like, it is cool, but at the same time, yeah, it's like, some people don't make it out of there all, all that well, which sucks. We get this very creepy scene later on where it's like they... It kind of cuts 
from what Sam and Zach are doing, and it seems like they kind of like maybe black out or something, and they're like captured, they're taken to this weird looking like sanctuary or something, and then like this uh, ritual happens where all this light comes from the floor. And this is the first time yeah. we see that uh, symbol in this movie. Like it's like the circle mm. lines through it or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, this is that's a that's a cool scene too. You kind of don't know what's happening there. Very like if I know you you were saying that you'd never seen Rosemary's baby, but there's like that mm-hmm. scene taken directly from a scene from Rosemary's Baby. I mean, like, oh, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. Like, they definitely, they, they borrowed it from Rosemary's Baby to put into the, in this film, for sure. So, but it's cool. Mm-hmm. It's cool, you know, um, yeah. But then, like, basically, it flashes forward to them going back home, and they, like, they go back to their house, and, well, uh, Zach and Sam find out they're pregnant, even though uh, Sam says that she has religiously taken birth control for a long time now, so... Kind of, kind of whack there. I love how um, I, I, I love that Zach's reaction to this is like mostly positive too. Like I feel like if I'm in that situation, I'm freaking out a little bit. <laughs> but Zach yeah, is such a, like, yeah. such a nice guy. He's so wholesome. He's like, oh, this is great. We're having a baby, you know. Instead of just being like, we're having a baby, <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? He's like, you know what? Let's just make it work. You know, have baby, have a little family. We just got married, so let's do it. She's kind of like, no. I don't want a baby, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, what was, um, what did you think about the, uh, some of the scenes that were filmed, like vlogging style scenes in the dark when he's recording her and she's like sleeping on the couch, for instance, or, or like, uh, like the first time he records her and he goes, um, he's like, so as you can see, your mommy sleep or your mommy snores. Yeah her eyes like that that scene that i actually genuinely jumped back when i was watching that again because i forgot about it i was like jesus christ because she just like darts her (laughs) eyes open i was like oh jesus christ close your eyes again because that's kind of where the this is kind of where the creepy start stuff starts happening you know like she's like yeah he's filming her in the middle of the night she just opens her eyes and stops breathing and then he just like then she like grabs his hand and then he's like he's like hey what are you doing like stop (laughs) and And i was it's so creepy because you know that it's like without the camera you know he's surrounded by pitch darkness and you wouldn't see that unless he had that camera so it almost is more creepy if you think about how they're in like complete darkness when he's recording that and then she just like darts her eyes and grabs them and it's just kind of like oh shit that's okay that's creepy like i'd for sure trip me out like if i'm just imagining if my girlfriend did that i'd be like jesus like i'm gonna leave the room for a little bit (laughs) right right it's very like yeah this scene and like a lot of the other like scares we get later on are very similar like similar to um like paranormal activity and uh Uh like just other like found footage movies from like the um late thousands maybe or early 2010s but I, I think it's effective. I think it's still, it's effectively scary. It's not some, I, that's something that doesn't get old for me personally. Is like that whole idea of having a loved one turn into like this, like, hor- like horrifying creature. There's something wrong with them that you just, there's no way you can fix them. You know, you know what I mean? I think that's inherent. That is very scary. And I like, I, I've had a lot of people, I've read a lot of reviews about this um, movie and a lot of people criticizing that being like, it's so similar to paranormal activity by doing scares like that. But I, I like it. I think it's effective. I think it's uh, it's really scary. There's a lot more of those things throughout the rest of this movie. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite scenes in the whole film, which is so subtle, but I feel like it's very creepy, is when she's just, she walks over to the lamb meat and she just starts eating it in the grocery store. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the, yeah. the kid kind of looks and the mom's like, okay, yeah, let's go. And she's just, yeah, that shit was creepy as hell. Like, it's... It shows, I don't know exactly what to say it shows. It, it shows her, is it, uh, how she's like 
whatever derealization de is that the word or like how she's just like not devolving. there anymore yeah devolving like she's not exactly there like she just starts blacking out at moments where she's not really thinking about what she's doing and she just starts kind of eating that or whatever and you don't really know if it's like is that her doing that or is it whatever happened to her that's causing her to do that like yeah that that was a definitely a very effective scene i i you know they do that quite a bit in horror movies but it's always effective when you got somebody just eating raw meat in the fucking grocery store. Like, it's definitely creepy. I also appreciate that not every scare in this movie is, like, a jump scare or is something that's, like, just someone popping out at you. Like, this is something that's just, like, it's a long take from, like, a grocery store camera. And it's just yeah. slowly walking over to, like, lamb meat and just starting to eat it. Like, and that's inherently, like, something's wrong with this person if you're going to behave like that in public. Like, that's oh, scary, yeah. man. It's not It's not something that's jumping out at you and you're making you, like, jump out of your seat or whatever, but it's, like, it's something that's just subtle and creepy the way it's done. There's a lot of moments like that that I feel like are really well executed in this film. Um, you I've, talking- actually, I've actually Sorry, seen a woman in a grocery store and she started doing that, and I, I remember, like, going, like, what the actual shit? Like, she was started eating ground beef, and the security guard had to come and stop it. So I've actually experienced a woman eating ground beef in a, or eating some sort of meat in the grocery store, and, like, I mean, obviously I didn't think, oh, you're possessed, but, like, I was still kind of like, what the hell did I just witness? That was a little off. What were you saying there? Maybe she was uh, going to give birth to the Antichrist, you know? Maybe that's that was just the situation. No, no yeah. <laughs> I was, was going to say, um, you you were saying that one of your favorite scenes in this whole movie is when she's, like, eating the deer. Speaking of... Yeah, and she's, like, shit. cutting off the deer. That It gave me, like, a... It gave me... I don't know, you've seen that found footage Chronicles movie before? Yes, yeah. Yeah, it gave me vibes to that a lot, but more sinister, dark vibes. More so than what Chronicle gave me. Like, that... The scene itself, like, I was a little confused uh, at first because it's like, okay, there's a new set of kids recording. It's like, okay, who are these kids? But then you get a, you quickly understand that, oh, these are some random kids that are just kind of encountering the wife. But it's what happens when they touch her shoulder that I was kind of, I, first, I totally forgot about that scene. I watched Devil's Do when it first came out. So a lot of the, when you wanted to talk about it, I was like, oh, I remember this movie. I liked it. I'm going to rewatch it again just so I can, like, get like a a good visual image remember everything i watched and there's a lot of scenes i didn't remember and that scene i think that stands out as like my favorite scene in the movie oh yeah no it's it's a really scary scene and like this is kind of like one of the first times we see her like use her like mind powers or something like yeah she has like these like horrible like demon powers and stuff she's throwing these kids around and like uh she throws the one up all the way in the in the sky and then like shoots him down onto a car which is like yeah. that's a really cool kill you know i wonder how the filming style was done like how they did they did they film that i was always wondering like how matt and tyler filmed that because like that was filmed really well of like just like the giving the sense of like okay this person's getting like thrown right up in the air and like all right now she's getting slammed right back in the car or he's getting slammed right back down in the car do you know how they filmed that i was gonna do some research to see how they did that but i don't exactly know how they filmed that scene i'm not you know i'm not 100 percent sure either i know like if you watch that scene closely when he's like falling though through the like into the car it cuts <laughs> and then you can see like then it cuts to the dude who's like he's bloody on the car and then the car or the camera i mean falls flies through the windshield onto like the seats I'm yeah. pretty sure there's a cut there. So, like, I think maybe they had filmed, like, maybe they used, like, some kind of, like, uh, like a crane or something and, like, gotten, like, a camera up like that and then, like, actually dropped the camera 
and then like mm-hmm. cut it to just a, a guy laying the the actor laying there covered in blood with the camera flying falling through the windshield or something. That's my guess. I'm not sure. Yeah, how that else. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, like you might might have been able to use some like VFX there or something. I'm not. You know, I that now that I'm thinking what? about that, I'd have to go back and rewatch it to think that. Yeah, I think there would would be some VFX because there are some scenes that you could uh, look and say, okay, that was a little bit of the VFX they added. Like I think. Uh, there's a scene in the movie where the walls start crackling and I was, I think that's CGI or like the down on Muslim, but it thought it was done in a really, it didn't look fake. It looked, it, it looked pretty realistic. Yes. Yeah. No radio silence does a really good job at sprinkling in little, little bits of VFX. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen their skit in the first VHS movie. Actually, never watched the VHS series. You've got me wanting to watch them, seeing your videos. I was like, they yeah. seem really interesting. But the VHS series is one that I, I never watched, except for the newer one I started to watch, and I'm actually still finishing it. So, like, they, they do a skit in the, the first VHS, and they're, mm-hmm. um, it was kind of like one of the, fir- the first things I ever really did for an actual movie. And it's, mm-hmm. the, it's about a haunted house, essentially. And, like, these hands are coming out of the wall that are, like, it's VFX, but it's done really well, and it's only, like, a little mm-hmm. bit of it like it's nothing super crazy like um it from like 2017 like i feel like that movie overuses vfx so much like i really like that movie but like every opportunity they could have gotten to use some kind of like digital effect they took it and it's like it doesn't always look great radio silence does it in a way where it's like it's really subtle and it always looks good and you see that once again in this movie i feel like i feel like i know it's like are you talking about is there in this first VHS movie was, I feel like I've seen a skit on YouTube. Is it a guy recording in like night vision and there's like hands coming out everywhere on the walls, even on like the, the ceiling and stuff? Or is that another video? Yeah, like hands are coming like through the ceiling and like they're, and then they get into like, they, they rescue this girl and they like take her in like mm-hmm. the car with her, with them. And then like they get hit by a train. It's, <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Huh. It's a crazy skit. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Uh, I highly recommend all the VHS movies. I, I just yeah. covered them. They were like some of the first episodes on this new podcast I'm doing. Um, but yeah, no, I, they're all very good. And it's where Radio Silence got their start, essentially, with like big, big movies, actually making okay. movies instead of their YouTube channel. So Yeah. But yeah, uh, th- you definitely see that in this film uh, a little more like the just that tiny use of vfx especially in the third act like whenever the whole house is like crumbling and all that and like the the light the um when she's giving birth to the baby and all that like you see that a little bit there where it's like it's subtle it's nothing too crazy where it would stand out as like being oh this is so digital you know yeah uh one scene i think they really did well was um a further scene where i think he places the camera down while she's having a nap on the couch and then the her stomach it just moves in this very unnatural way so creepy the way they did that and obviously you know they added some vfx for that but it's it's done in such a subtle way where like kind of looks real like it's just like the way the stomach just like moves all weird like that was really really done well i I love the vfx they did because it's not overkill but it's not all it's not too too subtle but again it's not like okay that's vfx like you could almost believe that it's just something that happened in the movie like it's very subtle, which I, I like when they do subtle VFX. I don't like, like, like you said in It, it's like every scene's got some sort of crazy, like, VFX going down. So I like yeah. when it was subtle. I, so, re-watch, I, I'd have to rewatch that scene, but I almost thought they did that practically, like, with a fake stomach. Or am you, I, I might be wrong. So? It, like, it looks like they had the actress, like, have a fake, like, 
uh, stomach and maybe they had like a little like like a hand or something come through it to make it look like like that. I'm not sure though. It, it, that could be VFX. Yeah. That's another thing where I'd have to rewatch it again to, to tell. Yeah, like, I just kind of assumed it was VFX because of how unnatural the stomach was, but it could have been practically, you're right. They do a lot of crazy stuff with pra- like practical effects that like you could look at and go like, that's VFX when it's not. So you could be right, yeah. That could have been something like that. The, the mixture of doing practical effects and doing like a tiny bit of digital stuff, I feel like is the most effective way to, to do a horror movie, especially like this one. Like, I, I don't know if you've ever seen Cabin in the Woods, but like, that's like the best example of that, I feel like. Like that movie is like 70% practical effects and 30% digital, but it mm-hmm. works so well. Like you see so much practical shit going on on screen if it's like kills or characters like with crazy makeup, but then there's like that 30% where like the robot running around is very clearly digital, but it still yeah. looks good. Cause you're, you're, you've been seeing all these uh, practical monsters alongside it if that makes sense oh yeah for sure yeah i gotta i gotta rewatch that again i did watch it though i, I do remember it it is really moving my i just think i watched it like last year with my buddy again i it's i like it a lot of people don't a lot of people like i know a lot of most people like it but a lot of people throw shade on that movie too for like stupid reasons like i think uh one of my buddies threw shade on the movie just because of some of the comedic value they had to it which makes no sense to me i don't know why it's, it's uh, man, it's hard having buddies that aren't exactly into horror movies because they just they have so much criticism for them where they don't exactly understand the way me and you may think about a movie or they're just kind of like, yeah, I looked at the reviews, that movie sucks. And I'm just like, no, it doesn't, man. Just watch it. It's really good. Like, off, completely off topic, but great example of one that you may not even like either. But Chap, love that movie to death. Not a horror movie, but like, so Chappie's many people. a great movie, man. Uh, D Antwoord does the the music for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if you listen yeah. to them. They're a really bizarre band, but I I absolutely love them. That's actually why I saw that movie in the first place. But yeah, but that's yeah. that's a good one though, and that's also underrated. I feel like. Oh yeah, there's so many great underrated movies that people just don't look at just because of reviews. You can't look at critic reviews. That's what I learned a couple of years ago. Is that critics don't know nothing, man. You just gotta like watch. <laughs> they know some stuff, but they don't know much. Well, and something else you just brought up that I wanted to expand on with this movie is Devil's Due was also criticized for having like a dark sense of humor. And that to me is such a positive in horror films when you can, when in one moment you can be horrified by something going on on screen. If it's, uh, if it's a main character, you've been watching this whole movie eating a deer out in public. And then the next minute you're laughing about something. I think that's genius personally. I think oh, if yeah. you can, if you can do that in a, if you can execute that well, to have that back and forth, that mood whiplash like that. It's, mm-hmm. it makes for great movies. I love movies that have a little bit of like uh, a dark sense of humor, blood and gore, horror elements. It's great. It's a, it's a stew of a, a movie. And I, I, that's why I love Radio Silence. You see that throughout all their films where it's like this like mix of tone and comedy, horror. It's great. It's a great mix. Oh yeah. Ready or Not did that really well with like a great comedic horror. Like I always, when I tell people you want to get a good vibe on what this new screen might be like, but cut out the comedy. I say watch Ready or, uh, why am I suddenly blanking on the name? Um, Ready or Not. Ready or Not, yeah. yeah. Uh, watch Ready or Not and you'll get a good idea on what to expect gore-wise with Scream because they did a really good job on that movie too. My fan, my friend wasn't a big fan of the comedic value to it. I personally wasn't even a big fan of the comedic value to it for Ready or Not, but I do like everything else besides the comedy in it. Like, that's one thing. I judged Ready or Not quite a bit when it first came out. Very much judged it. But, like, 
it, I, I'm definitely excited for this new Scream movie. I've been watching a couple more movies that, uh, man, and just, like, more interviews and stuff with them. And, like, man, these, they, they picked some really good directors for this new movie. So I'm definitely excited. And Devil's Due is um, very underrated. But, I mean, it's, it's a really good uh, – I think it's a – I think if you watch Devil's Due with an open mind, you could get a love for found footage movies just right off from that movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that these guys are perfect for Scream because, like, like, like we've been talking about, I mean, they have this mix of comedy and horror in their films that, like, the Scream franchise could use a fresh take on. I mean, that's what, that's what that series was built on, essentially, is comedy and horror. And it's like... Oh, yeah. It's not even intentionally like a horror parody. It's it's uh, it's commentary on the genre, but it's um, and it's a little funny. It's a little meta. I feel like these guys would do that very well, and that's that's why it, it's clear. That's that's why so many people are excited about this film. It's not just because we're getting another scream movie. It's because probably the best choice for directors are in charge of it. If that makes mm-hmm. sense, the Radio Silence guys are gonna are gonna be great. With uh, hopefully they're doing a whole new trilogy of Scream films, but you see that in movies like Devils Do, Ready or Not, where it's this blend of horror and comedy, where and and black humor specifically, like this dark humor where it's like like dropping f bombs all over the place, uh, mm-hmm. bloody gory jokes, very similar to like Eli Roth. I know we were talking about him before. I don't know if you've ever seen um, the Green Inferno before. I have, you know, that's twisted. That's a twisted-ass movie, man. That, that movie's really good. That's I, the one about uh, the island, right? And the kid, the people that end up on the island with all of the, the tribe or whatever. Is that the same one we're talking about? Yeah, they're in, like, uh, they're in, like, South America. And, like, they go into, mm-hmm. like, they, uh, like, the cannibal, it's, like, a cannibal tribe. And, like, they get these, uh, like, college kids get captured by them. And, like, they get eaten by them. By them. But it's, like, it's very... It's very dark. Like, it's a very dark and scary situation, but it also has, like, a bunch of jokes throughout it, too. Like, the whole tribe gets high at one point yeah. and like, they get the munchies. Like, it's, yeah, it's so funny, that. you yeah. know? It's, um, that style, I feel like, would be great for a new Scream film. Because it's, like, in the past, all the, all the Scream jokes have been kind of mild. Like, you know, in all the other four Scream movies, like, the jokes have been a little more mild, and I feel like to put that kind of twist on it and give it that sort of edge... For a new one, mm-hmm. would be great. I, yeah, I feel like a lot of people are really expecting this movie. Like, I, I expect that this new screen movie will have some tad bits of comedy. I think it's going to be more dark, like a lot darker than the other ones, like tone wise. But like, I, I do think like you can change your formula, but you got to keep some of the iconic like comedy moments in this new scream which i mean they do kind of show their mild comedy within the trailer of like oh you ready for this and she's like oh for this yeah never like you know little comedy things like that where you're like yeah i'm not i'm not ready for this but let's go and do it um yeah i definitely like obviously i think that it's great that it's like obviously i've watched all the interviews that matt and tyler have talked about i, I think it's great that it's fans making these types of things i like that Matt and Tyler are not only fans of Scream, but they're fans of all of the movies they make. They're big fans on the properties that they make. So it's, I, I know a lot of directors just see money and stuff and they're like, oh, let's make this. You can make a lot of money. But it seems like Matt and Tyler take so much passion into what they create. Like they're not just doing it because they want money. They're doing it because they love doing it. And that's why I have so much respect for them as directors and just people as whole is because they sound so genuine when they talk about movies they make. They sound like just 
two friends that are like, yeah, we created this really cool thing. Like, check this out. And that's what I love so much about it. They're just like big horror fans. Yeah, you're, you're right. And that's, that's what's going to be yeah. so great about this new movie. You see that in this film. I mean, I know these guys, like Lindsay Delvin or whatever was the, the writer of this movie. But you still see like those connections to Rosemary's Baby, Paranormal Activity. And you know, like that's, right. from a director's standpoint, you're, you're aware of that reading the script. And you're like, okay, we got we to gotta do that. But in our, our own way, those same kind of mm-hmm. scares, those same kind of jokes. We're going to in- implement those into our movie and do it in a new dark, twisted way and devil's do is a a great example of that i feel like i just feel like this movie's so underrated i i talk about it a lot on my channel and i've gotten some people saying like oh that wow that movie sucks this is the same guys that are doing the new scream like that's so scary but this movie's very (laughs) underrated i think it it does a lot of really scary things it has you see zach and like and something that i feel like is I know I've already talked about this, but Zach and Sam's relationship together is, is written so well and how, how like they start off loving each other. And then like midway through the second act, we're seeing them fighting over, over all this crazy shit, just because like she's going nuts and all that. And he doesn't know what to do. He, Zach is such a nice and wholesome guy. And he has this horrible, tragic thing happen to him. Yeah. It's almost kind of funny. You know what I mean? It's how it's, how it's done. And you know, Matt and Tyler were cracking up right making this movie i feel like the church scene when they go visit church and the priest starts staring at her from like across the way fuck that shit creeped me out yes. like it's so eerie the way he's staring at her like he looks so petrified and she's just and then it kind of the, the camera turns and her eyes look bloodshot as shit from like the side like the yeah. way he, like she's staring right back at him but it's his face. He looks so petrified, and I just got, like, so creeped out from that, especially then his, his nose starts gushing, and then he goes to see him after in the hospital. Like, that, that, oh, man, I, I could go into that scene for a while. That scene just, it's so eerie, the way it was filmed, and, like, I got amazing props to whatever actor was playing the priest because the face he puts on when he's staring at her, that just adds to the whole scene because you really feel that, like, okay, this dude's, like, really terrified on looking at her. He sees something in her. And, like, that's what I really like about that scene. That's one of the most upsetting scenes in the movie, I feel like. And it's not only just because, like, if you're someone who's, like, maybe religious or something, I could see that being upsetting because it's, like, it's a it's a priest, like, breaking down, throwing up blood and all that. You know, that's, that's so yeah. horrifying. And, like, his nose starts bleeding and all that. You also <laughs> see the cab driver in the back sitting in one of the pews. It's oh, do same, you? I didn't yeah, it's the same that. guy from uh, when they were in Santa Domingo, and he, oh, he was like yeah, the cab yeah. driver. He's sitting in the back, just like watching all this unfold, which is like it's so creepy. Um, hmm. Zach finds that later on his computer, and like he sees the scene where like uh, that the camera accidentally started recording, where it's like the scene where they're in that sanctuary or whatever, and they like the ritual starts happening. He sees all yeah. that, and then he finds that scene of uh, the guy, like that the cab driver, like at the church with them. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's so scary. I feel like that's something, like, that. yeah, that's kind of a trope for found footage movies to, like, go and review the footage, and then, like, you see something that you might have missed at first. But th- yeah. it's done really well here, once, once again, where, where that happens. And then when he comes back, the footage is deleted, which is kind of, which is also scary. Yeah, that, I guess that also shows the whole, like, you're being watched 24-7 by these people, and they're not going to let you just go and, like, out them out somebody. So when you go call up your buddy, we're going to sneak in and just take your footage or whatever. Yeah, right. I, 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 yeah. It's, there's there's so many interesting plot points with this movie, like so and and so many foreshadowing moments that they do that you really if you really go back and watch me like for instance 
I didn't notice that in the, in the church. I didn't even notice when he was reviewing the footage that it's the cab driver scene. I thought it's just somebody else that he's like, oh, this is like somebody I've seen before. But like, I didn't notice it was the cab driver. That's really yeah, interesting. Yeah. It's, it's really, I, yeah, I, I love the whole second act of this movie, like just showing uh, Sam's character devolve like that. You see the, these little <laughs> Easter eggs and stuff like that you might have missed at first. But the third act is where it kind of just starts going like full, full on balls to the wall crazy because like Zach's going, he goes to that house where, um, where all like the cult members are and stuff who are watching them. And he sees like his whole house is on display with the the secret, secret cameras and shit. Mm -hmm. Um, what do you think about the third act though? When Sam is actually like giving birth to the baby and all that? Uh, I was really like the, okay. I like the way the, whoever these people are set the cameras up because when Zach is like shows up to her and she's kind of like, I think it's in like the dark. He puts the camera down he goes up. He's like, you okay? Like what's going on? And then everything starts to kind of go off the charts at that point. He doesn't really know what's going on. And then the camera switches to one of like the cameras that aren't theirs. And it almost for a second looks like a regular scene in the movie as he gets thrown up into the wall and she's like doing that to him. I really liked how that was done because it's cutting from all these cameras in the room, showing us different point, like different views to what's happening. Uh, I really, I really like that scene. I also think again, the little, the little CG effect or CGI effects they use for her, like uh, lighting wise, when she like takes that another foreshadowing event back early in the movie when she gets the gift or whatever and she looks at it and it's a little knife and you're like oh what's that for you seem a little too connected to that thing there's got to be some reason why you're looking at that and going like and then hiding it when your husband comes in so i I did i also like that because that's another foreshadowing event so i was really into that the very end though i feel like um if you have it if like you don't really i feel like if you missed so this is like i guess a little criticism about the movie if you miss one or two scenes in the movie, that scene's going to really confuse you. Like, if you miss just one or two, like, plot-filling scenes from the movie, let's say you had to go to the bathroom or something during, like, just one or two scenes, you may get a little confused by that scene, especially if you don't exactly, if you weren't catching on to what they're saying in the movie. Like, for me, I was already catching on, okay, you have the Antichrist growing in your baby or, or growing in your stomach. That's, like, that's what you're getting to give birth to. But overall music was done really well soundtrack was really creepy in that scene and the filming style i just my favorite part about that scene was the way the cameras start cutting off of from zach's camera to like the cameras of these people because you get like an overhead view and then you get like a a view from like i guess a camera that's on the desk maybe and then that's the close that view right there is the closest view to like kind of looks like just a regular camera showing up like a scene from a regular movie and it takes a for a second you get taken out of that whole home footage aspect for one second as she's like throwing him up against the wall um but in general i my i love the way they ended it off with the cab scene and the way they kind of it's almost like all right now we're just gonna redo it all over again i, I like that right. it looked really cool. I, I think it was really cool what did you think about the ending well, it, it makes you, so two things on that. I think like when she actually gives birth to the baby and she's like laying there dying, that's the first, like the first time since like maybe the end of the first act where it's Sam again. You know what I mean? It's not like Sam being taken over by like some kind of like demon, some kind of like, um, she's not like acting all crazy. This is the first time where it's like, she's literally at death's door and like she has this moment mm-hmm. with Zach and it's so tragic because she dies like 10 seconds later, you know? And yeah. Then the police come and all that, and Zach gets taken. We, we see him being questioned and all that. And it's just like, it's uh-huh. so unfortunate. Zach is this wholesome, nice family man that all he wanted to do was have a family and get married and all that. And it just uh-huh. ends in tragedy for him. 
it's, no, for sure. it's scary. It seems like, oh, this could happen to anybody, even though like, it, yeah, it's totally supernatural and crazy, but it is, uh, that, that element of it makes it so real. And I really appreciate that. I think that's really scary mm-hmm. and, and it was written pretty well, but yes, the, the ending scene where it's like, it's they're in, uh, it's a whole new couple. They're in Paris and they get picked up by the same cab driver. It makes mm-hmm. you question like, do they need like an army of antichrists? Like what is going on? Yeah, here? that was the one thing I had questioned about this is because I already knew this movie was about like, you know, like the birth of like how they're going to birth the antichrist. So, but that did confuse me. I was like, okay, well, is there like, but I do know that they do kind of quote that at the start that there like will be multiple antichrists born. They almost say that. So it's not like, it's like don't expect one because they kind of even say at the start that like, where they right. say something about like the children will see the antichrist there will be many more or something like that i can't yes. something along yeah. the lines of that yeah and then the priest actually quotes that um in the hospital scene when he when the when uh, zach goes to visit that's him right. mm-hmm. at, the, at the hospital yeah no i that's so interesting to me but it still leaves you with so many questions about this movie and i think that's what's genius about it it's it's still very mysterious you don't have all the answers it's very mm-hmm. it's scary like that. I, I, I love it. I, I think that there's, it's like, it leaves you wanting more, even though I don't think I would ever want a sequel to this movie. That's the <laughs> thing, right? Like yeah. you, it's with horror movies, it's great when you get an explanation, but at the same time, it's like, if you don't do it right, you may ruin your original property. For instance, like explaining why Jason can't die, explaining uh, why Michael Myers can't die. They're always very like, it's like, okay, you can leave it, to the unknown where everybody's like okay we like the unknown because you can theorize and do whatever or you could set it like do a set in stone explanation here and people are either gonna like it or they're not gonna like it for devil's do i would have wanted a sequel but again i wouldn't have wanted the sequel because i feel like i would have wanted a sequel where maybe zach gets uh gets a, like he gets like figures it all out he goes back to his normal life but then he wants to actually try to figure out what how, who these people are and why they just completely home wrecked his whole entire family but that's where I feel like they would mess it up. They wouldn't be able to come up with something that you, they wouldn't be able to come up with an explanation that doesn't feel like, that's cheesy. So I do like it when they kind of leave it the unknown. Now they leave it for us to theorize. Okay, well, what, what would ha- what's going to happen next? Like, I'm going to go with, okay, he eventually gets proven innocent. Okay, what does he do next? Like, I, I, it's better if you just leave it in your imagination. Like, for Scream, I hope we get a trilogy. Like, I hope we get a yes. whole new trilogy started. That's just like, so I'm, I'm fine with that. But yeah, you're right. There's some properties where it's better just left alone. Yeah, where you're just left, you're left to stew in the mystery and, and you have no yeah. idea what's, what's, to, what's to come next. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree, man. I, I really like Devil's Due. I think it deserves much more than what the critics gave it. Um, but yeah. like, before we end this podcast, Sean, do you have any like last thoughts on, on this movie that you want to like give out, put out into the world? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I get, I'm not too, too much, but I will say if there's anybody else here watching this that hasn't seen the movie, like, just go give it a watch. It's a really good movie, and especially if you guys can watch Killer Clowns from Outer Space and have love for that, like, you can have love for Devils too, man. Like, it's a, it's a really, like, I have love for Killer Clowns from Outer Space, but, like, come on, it's not a good movie, right? Like, it's, <laughs> a, it's not, like, when you're like, wow. You need to get a Grammy for that movie. That movie was so intricate. The plot, like, no, it's a movie about aliens in a carnival-sized spaceship running around. So, like, a lot of people will love the, that movie, but then not give Devil's Due a watch because it has bad reviews. I, I, I would say if there's anyone who's watching this that hasn't seen Devil's Due, definitely give it a watch. 
my favorite, again, my favorite scene in that movie was just the deer scene. I love it. I've watched it like five times since watching the movie, and I just think it's, uh, it's really, really well done. Can't wait for Scream. I had a fun time on the podcast, man. I hope we can do another podcast again some other time when maybe Scream comes out. I think it would be fun if, like, me, you, and somebody else were talking about the movie or something. There's so many theories. It's oh, so yeah. fun to theorize about Scream, man. Like, they're making it like a, they're making it like a little game for us, which I love that, so... Oh yeah, this whole like twelve days of the Scream holiday. Yeah, thing. Like, that's so I cool. I think it's awesome. Yeah. The marketing's crazy. I didn't think that they'd be doing some marketing like that, but like the marketing is really, really good for that. But yeah, I don't, I don't think I have many more thoughts on Devils Do. I think we covered mostly everything that I wanted to talk about. But I think I'm gonna do some more research on the movie, try to figure out if there's some of those scenes were practical or how they filmed some of those scenes. Because I'm really interested because it did. It obviously felt like a little bit of a low budget movie, but like low budget on purpose, you know, because that's how they had to do yes. it. Yes. Yeah. And for it being so low budget, I think it executes what it was going for very well. It's yeah. you can you can look at this movie and say that it's just a found footage version of Rosemary's Baby, but I feel like it's so much more than that. It's a lot of fun. You're invested in these characters all the way through. You kind of like you really want to like them at, at the very beginning of this movie and to see what happens to them at the end is very tragic and upsetting. Um, oh, it, def- yeah. it makes you feel, it makes you scared, it makes you laugh at different points. It's a, it's a great blend of a movie, and I think it's, uh, it, it's aged a little better than when it initially came out. I think people were just seeing Paranormal Activity when this thing came out, in the trailer especially, but it's mm-hmm. so much more than that. It's so much more than just another Paranormal Activity ripoff. So. Yeah. Yes. That's basically all I got to say about Devil's Do, but I just wanted to thank everyone for listening to the next episode of the Killjoy Jake podcast. We'll be talking about Southbound next week. I still don't know who my guest is going to be for that episode, but that is the next Radio Silence movie. Very excited to talk about that one. Probably one of my favorites from them so far, though. So I'm very excited to get into that one. Sean, thank you so much again for coming on to the on the Killjoy Jake podcast. Make sure to check yeah. out Slasher Theory on YouTube. Go subscribe to his page. Uh, and then... I'm just yeah. I guess I'm just gonna end this. <laughs> so thank you all. So, all right. <laughs> thank you yeah, all so much for. Oh yeah, yeah. Thank you for coming on, Sean. I appreciate it. Man. Yeah, no problem. I had a fun time, man. It was good to meet you finally too, y'all. I really, I really enjoy the content that you put out, man. I feel like, uh, I feel like me and you make some like we have some similar thoughts on like some of the stuff that we think about when it comes to the the movies and. Uh, I like to come on and hear like what other creators theories are, especially for Scream. Like I'm, I'm a sucker for your Scream videos when you come out there and I watch it. Cause I'm like, always like, Hey, I want to know what Jake's theorizing. So I'll watch something. I'll be like, all right, now I need to see what Jake says. And I already know you're going to have a video 30 minutes out. Like it's a little harder for me to get my videos out. Cause I'm working right now. I'm doing like a lot of late night work. I usually edit at nighttime, but it's, it's, it's definitely cool to theorize with all with everybody and see what everyone has to think about it. So great job on the content too. Thank you, man. I, I really appreciate it means a lot well thank you all again for listening and as and as always don't forget to kill it out there y'all